Volume Two, Chapter Ten of Garcia Moreno by Augustine Berth. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Maria Therese. The Regeneration of the Clergy, eighteen sixty two, eighteen sixty three. Garcia Moreno had so much at heart the regeneration of the clergy that no sooner was the Concordat signed at Rome than he begged the archbishop to fix a day for the opening of the national council which was to take cognizance of the laws of the concordat and see that they were carried into execution the old archbishop of quito monsignor riofrio a good but timid man issued the letters of convocation and announced that the council would meet on the second sunday of january eighteen sixty three provided that by that day the concordat had been signed the patronage law remained in force until the promulgation of the concordat and the archbishop did not dare open the session without the usual placket garcia moreno however insisted on the council being opened taking upon himself the sole responsibility of the act the consequences were what the archbishop had foreseen namely that the fiscal procurator summoned all the bishops before the high court of justice as having broken the law garcia moreno told the archbishop to go on without taking any notice of the summons and himself sent for the procurator to whom he addressed the following words you have drawn up an act of accusation against the bishops and incurred in consequence as a catholic a double excommunication first for having violated the liberties of the church and next for striving to drag the ministers of god before a civil tribunal but your responsibility does not rest there as head of the state i am compelled to enforce the constitution and the first article in that constitution declares that the catholic apostolic and roman faith is the religion of the state which every one must respect you wish to condemn the bishops to exile for having violated a schismatical law i condemn you to the like punishment for having outraged the constitution by persecuting the religion of the state the frightened official protested that so far from having meditated an attack on religion he had thought it was his duty simply to carry out the existing laws and at once withdrew the act of accusation out of deference for the wishes of the president the council continued its conferences on the reform of the secular and regular clergy garcia moreno encouraged them in every possible way be assured he said that i will support you in every way and cause your sentences to be carried into effect but it is your province to judge and punish the guilty the poor archbishop expressed his fears of the consequences of repressing such gross abuses as they had discovered what does it signify the president exclaimed we must be ready to sacrifice our lives if god wills for the honour of his church i will not suffer any one to fail in his duty the re-establishment of the ecclesiastical tribunals facilitated these measures of reform one wretched priest having contrived to escape after having scandalized the public by the most awful crimes garcia moreno offered a reward of five hundred piastres out of his own pocket to any one in the kingdom who would deliver him up to the authorities on another occasion the judge hesitated to condemn a man whose infamous conduct was well known choose one of two things garcia moreno exclaimed either you will punish him or i shall be forced to take measures myself to bring him to justice i cannot allow such sins to remain unchastised this wholesome severity produced a notable amelioration in the clergy but still more good was done by the creation of several new bishoprics in the first years of his priesthood pius the ninth had been in south america and had been much struck at the immense extent of the different states the difficulties of communication between them and the necessity of creating new dioceses to meet the wants of souls speaking to the ecuador plenipotentiary he has said 
Your zealous president wishes to regenerate his country. Tell him that to succeed he must plant the cross. Wherever a cross is planted, people group around it, even were it on the heights of Chimborazo. Your dioceses are too large for any single man to administer them properly. We are going to create three new bishoprics, and will mention this in the Concordat. You have no power in this matter, but I know Garcia Moreno. Tell him that the Pope wishes it, and that will be enough. In fact, no sooner had he received this message, which went even beyond his hopes, than Garcia Moreno summoned his ministers and said to them with emotion, God himself has suggested this idea to us by his vicar. We must carry it out without delay. The municipalities of Ibarra, Riobamba, and Loja, the centers of the proposed new bishoprics, answered by addresses of congratulation and gratitude, and Garcia Moreno, who never let anything rest, sent off a topographical plan at once to the Pope, with the limits of the new dioceses, begging him immediately to sign the requisite bulls for the election of the bishops. Finally, six were created, and a seventh in 1870, that of Porto Viejo and the province of Manabi. To these great benefits the Concordat added another, which was the foundation of seminaries in each diocese, and the power of nominating to cures and benefices without the interference of the civil power. There only remained the most difficult task of all, the reform of the regular clergy. The revolution had forced the monasteries to receive superiors chosen by the government, had turned their convents into barracks, and driven the monks out of their cells to live in the world, in defiance of all rules, and of all the habits and safeguards of the religious life. The pontifical delegate was invested with full powers to enforce regular observance among the monks, and to restore community life, with the three monastic virtues of chastity, poverty, and obedience. Of course, this did not all suit a good number of these men, who had fallen into worldly and dissolute habits, and who had completely lost the spirit of their state. The delegate gave them no choice, however, between submission and secularization. They multiplied their remonstrances and protestations, but in vain, for behind the papal envoy was the iron hand of Garcia Moreno. The greater part of them preferred secularization to reform. Many emigrated to Peru and New Granada, Others were incorporated with the secular clergy, while those who had been all along faithful to their vocation were too glad to renew their old fervor in company with a certain number of religious whom Garcia Moreno had imported from Europe to restore the monastic spirit and replace the deserters. All good Catholics rejoiced in this real regeneration of the Church, but a concert of maledictions was raised against the Reformer by the radicals, and complaints of intolerance, cruelty, absolutism, and the like were heard on all sides. Garcia Moreno let them talk as much as they pleased, but went steadily on with his work. He knew St. Gregory the Eighth had died in exile because he had loved justice and hated iniquity. St. Charles Borromeo was nearly poisoned by those whom he had tried to reform. Inflexible when it was a question of duty, Garcia Moreno would have confronted a thousand deaths rather than draw back a step before the clamors or menaces of his enemies. End of Book 2, Chapter 10